Hey there. Welcome to episode 25 of my podcast, Coming Home to Yourself. My name is Amy Briggs. I am a transformational coach and an integrative change worker. What that actually means is that I work with people to help them create changes in their life or create things that they want in their lives through a process that uses reprogramming the unconscious mind. We do that through a series of tools. One is something called self-directed neuroplasticity, where you can actually change the response to a thought you have and thereby change the thought altogether. We use neural reprogramming, which is basically just a way of changing up the neural networks in your brain so that the thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself and about what you want are ones that serve you, not ones that limit you or keep you from your dreams. We also use hypnosis and trance in this kind of coaching, which can be so, so beneficial to access the unconscious mind. So as a transformational coach, I am your ally in change work. You are navigating the seas of change, but I am with you every step of the way. So I am trying out a somewhat new format today. I'm a person who is, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I'm pretty thorough. And when I record a podcast and I have a topic that I'm super excited about, I really want to cover all of the points that I come up with. So what I've done up until now is to kind of write everything out, not as a script word for word, like verbatim, um, but I write it out in such a way that I'll be sure to cover everything. The downside to this is that to me, it can feel kind of scripted, like I'm, you know, reading from a script and I want to try something new, which is just writing down the points that I want to cover and ad-libbing. So this is a bit of an experiment. I hope it comes out okay. Let me know what you think. Do you like this better? Do you prefer a more formal format? I appreciate all of your feedback and insights. So today I want to talk about the inner critic. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And something that I haven't been aware of for that long. I mean, I've been aware of the fact that I have critical voices in my head, but in terms of really identifying what that critical voice is, kind of objectifying it, seeing it for what it is and being able to put it in its place. That is pretty new to me. And, oh, it's so powerful in change work. So I'm not even sure if you've heard the term inner critic before. Um, it's bandied about a lot in the psychology world. So you can do your own research on it. I would define the inner critic as 
a voice in your head that criticizes you, talks negatively, um, maybe discourages you or tells you why you're not good enough. If you think about it, you can probably identify that voice really uh, quickly because I feel like we all have it. Even if we don't know that it's you know, a voice in our head, we all have the experience of talking negatively to ourselves. Now, I experience this in a way as kind of a negative voice, but you might experience it as just negative thoughts, negative thoughts about yourself. Um, really common ones are our thoughts or uh, um, like a voice telling you that you're not good enough, you're not successful enough, maybe you're not attractive enough, you're not whatever, fit enough, um, you're not wealthy enough, all those things, right, that um, society and culture tells us we should be and have. And the things that we don't have, that voice or those thoughts go to work on us. What I want to really talk about here um, and what I have found so interesting over the last year is how to recognize that that voice is not you. It's something that's a part of you. It's part of your makeup, but it's really not your voice. It's not the main voice in your psyche. It's not the driver of who you are, even if it is really active. Knowing this, knowing how to, as I said before, put it in its place, it gives us so much more agency and power in what we're trying to do. So let me give you an example of my inner critic, which I've done a lot of work on this in the last year, and it's been so helpful to me. As I mentioned before, I kind of experience it as a voice, not that I hear it, but I kind of see or experience its thoughts going by. Um, I haven't talked a whole lot about my past career, but it was in music. It was in classical music performance. Um, I performed at, I would say, a very high level. I was also in very academic circles. So I was on the faculty of a pretty respected university. Um, I was around a lot of other PhDs. I have a, a doctorate myself. It's a doctor of music, not a PhD, but it's the equivalent um, in the performance career. So I was surrounded by um, academics, people working at a very high level in whatever field they study. And my negative voice, my inner critic, would tell me stuff like, I'm only good, I'm only worthy of respect if if the stuff that I'm doing is like at a PhD level. Um, I'm only good enough if other people are giving me a lot of attention for what I'm doing. They're respecting me, they're noticing me. Um, I'm only good enough if I'm considered an expert like literally, I'm only good enough if I have a PhD in whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, 
publicity was part of that because publicity is a big part of music performance. So if, if um, a critic for a newspaper tells me like I'm brilliant, then whoo, like I am brilliant. But if nobody's noticing, then I am nothing. <laughs> so when I became a coach several years ago, I had already stopped for the most part performing. I wasn't really in that world anymore, but oh my God, my inner critic, it, it really kept me from telling anyone that I was a coach or I did this kind of work with people, anyone in my previous circles, which like includes kind of all my contacts on social media. So that was really tricky. Um, because that inner critic that was this very academic PhD level voice, you know, was telling me that um, life coaching and working with people on these, you know, deep, meaningful life issues, it was telling me that was a load of crap. It was telling me that since I didn't have a PhD and I hadn't done it for 20 years, like I shouldn't bother doing it. And it told me that everybody's going to laugh at me and think I'm stupid. Um, as I became more and more aware of that inner voice, I just started calling him Professor Asshole, which was perfect. My husband asked me this morning, like, is it is your inner critic a man? Is Professor Asshole a man? And my immediate response was yes. Um, I'm kind of seeing a guy with like little round glasses and wearing a tweed suit, being kind of dusty, like maybe some dandruff and just like really old school, you know, really patriarchy. Like, what do you think you're doing? You, you know, you dumb, you dumb woman. Um, and this voice, like I said, it it kept me stifled for a while, for quite a while. When I really started to see it for what it was, it really, it was like a, um, it was an aha moment and things really started to shift. It's important to distinguish that voice in you or the voices. It kind of helps if, it can be consolidated into a character or a, an entity. It really helps to distinguish that voice or that source of thoughts. Because when I look at that objectively, when I notice those thoughts and I kind of in my own mind and body say, huh, like this voice is telling me all this crap about myself. I'm, I'm objectifying it. I'm kind of like, I'm distancing myself from it. I'm putting it over into a corner and I'm looking at it. And in doing so, my experience is that it's not me. It is something, it's Professor Asshole, but it's not, it's not me, it's not the truth of who I am. So I think the first thing I would, I would suggest or invite you to do is start to notice those thoughts. You could write them down. I often will journal them um, as they're coming out. And 
as you do so, just notice like that voice. Is it a person from your past? Is it a elementary school teacher? Is it a, I don't know, person from your family or a person who criticized you before? Are you kind of imagining that person's face or that person's voice? If not, maybe it's another character altogether. It's really, really worthwhile to do this work of identifying it because this helps you um, catch on to it much faster in the future. So distinguish that voice. You know, you can write up a whole thing about it. What is its character? Is it male or female? What does it look like? You know, what is it? What is its mood? What is its energy? Once you've done that, let's talk about what do we do with this inner critic? So some good news and bad news. The good news is there's a lot um, you can do once you've identified your inner critic. The bad news is the inner critic is never going away. So while we might like to, um, you know, put it in a cannonball and shoot it into outer space, like we're not actually going to get rid of it. It's, it's a part of you. It's an internalized part of you. And more on that in a bit. What I have learned to do, and it's very effective, is first of all, just to make peace with it. It's kind of like that cranky uncle you have who always comes to Thanksgiving dinner, right? And, you know, you're not going to tell him he can't come, but he's cranky and, you know, he just says not nice things sometimes. If you can make peace with it, with your inner critic, you can, in a way, kind of minimize its voice. You can decide in advance, you know, I, I hear it talking, but I'm not going to take it in. So first step is to make peace with it, whatever that means to you. Step two is asking yourself, what is my inner critic's positive intention? Oh man, this is such a good question. Because if you look, I bet you could come up with five or 10 things that critical inner voice is, is actually doing for you. One of the biggest positive intentions of my inner critic is to protect me from maybe ridicule. It's to keep me safe. Ultimately, it's to keep me in a space where I'm not suffering too much. You know, it has funny ways of doing that, but it absolutely does have a positive intention for me. You know, my, my inner critic, its values are um, attention from other people, respect, right? Kind of a high standing in society. Those are, are its values. So it's positive intention for me is to keep me in good standing with society is to keep me in respect. Um, so just because it has its own positive intentions for me, um, you know, it doesn't mean that I have to 
adopt those values as well. But knowing that it has a positive intention softens, softens its, you know, words quite a bit. So step one, make peace with it. Step two, ask it what its positive intention is. Step three, this is what I did this morning. This is what I like to do. I thank it for its role in my life. Like seriously, even though it, it slowed me down sometimes, it's, you know, kept me with my head down low. I still thank it for its role. It's, it's there for a purpose. It's trying to protect me. Step four, I put it in its place. So I really believe in um, like working with the visual and the spatial. I'm a very visual person and visual learner. Um, And so what I like to do is I almost imagine this little, you know, professor asshole character and I, I shrink him down and I put him way down in the corner, left or right, doesn't matter down (laughs) because then I'm, you know, looking down at him, I'm above him and bigger than him, but he's off to the side. Like when you put something in the corner and minimize it, you know, it's there, you could go back and pick it up, but it's not looming in front of you. So I put my inner critic in its place. You know, this isn't to say that he won't come back tomorrow and start talking to me again, but every time I put him in his place, it's a it's an empowering feeling for me. Just again, you know, your inner critic is never going to go away. But the better you can get at identifying it, at realizing that what you're hearing is its voice, the less it's going to mess with you. So one of the things that happened in my discovery of my inner critic is that I started realizing, well, if that voice is not me, what is me? What voice is my voice? And being able to have identified the inner critic and and put it away really puts me in touch with my own deep inner voice. My deep inner voice right now is just fascinated and enthralled with change work. It's it's so focused on my own inner work and my deep inner voice, you know, longs to be of service to others, whether that's through the one-on-one coaching I do or the writing I'm doing or the speaking through podcasting. That's me. (laughs) I can feel it. Like I feel this in my core. I feel it physically in my heart. So distinguishing the inner critic, putting it away, that's an important step. And the other important step is really being in touch with what is your deep inner voice. Because again, the more you do that, the more you recognize What voice is it that's coming through you? Is it that voice that's you that you feel in your, in the core of your being? Or is it 
the voice of criticism. I cannot emphasize enough. I've said it like 10 times already, but I can't emphasize enough how important this work of identifying your inner critic is. In the change work that I do with people, inner critic and those critical internal voices is so much of the reason that people have had a hard time making the change that they want or creating what they want. It's very unconscious for people. Most people haven't done a lot of work around this. And so it is actually very difficult for them to distinguish that voice and to realize it's not them. So that voice that's talking them out of doing the thing they long to do, you know, whether it's saying, you can't do it, you know, you're not good enough to do it, you know, everybody you love will leave you, whatever the hell that voice is saying, if, if you are not able to pretty quickly distinguish it, it can really stop you in your tracks. So this work is just so critically important. Um, I'll be writing more and more about this. So you can check out my blog on my website, um, where I will also kind of elaborate on these tools that I've, um, laid out today. Work with your inner critic, get to know it, give it a silly, stupid name. Like the more ridiculous it can be, the better learn how to accept it, make peace with it, understand what it's trying to do for you, thank it, put it away so that your true deep inner voice can come out. Okay. That's, that's what I've got for this episode. As always, I'm going to ask you, if you like this podcast or this episode, I so appreciate it. If you'd give me a rating, a five-star rating would be super. Um, review, subscribe, share this with your friends. And I love getting emails from you. So email me and let me know what you identify, what you experience as your inner critic. I will include my email address in the show notes, as well as my website, amybriggscoach.com. And you can go there if you want to find out more about the work that I do one-on-one -on -one with people. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time.